Hi everyone, welcome to our brand new podcast. Here, we will be streaming our artist interview series, featuring each of our music instructors. I'm Trinity Bliss, the host. Thank you for joining us. Hello everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Trinity, I'm a blogger for Lily Theatre, and as well as the host of all these wonderful interviews. Today is episode four, and I'm joined by Joan Rivera Feliz. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Joan, and how you got into music? We're so glad to have you. Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Joan Rivera. I'm a singer from Puerto Rico. Um, Well, I started singing ever since I could talk. My mom is also a singer, and she's a voiceover artist. And I always grew up surrounded by music. She taught me how to sing when I started talking. Um, She would play CDs in the car and we would do vocal exercises. And she, she was the one who introduced me to music and to singing. And she's the one who brought me into this world, literally, the musical world. Oh, that's wonderful. So you are originally from Puerto Rico. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up there? Oh, of course, yeah. Um, Well, in Puerto Rico, the music here is just incredible. The culture is so rich in many different aspects. Just food, visual arts, um, music. We have bomba, plena, salsa, and... We are neighbors, the Dominican Republic. They have bachata and merengue. So we kind of, you know, share cultures because we also always listen to bachata and merengue. Um, but my personal favorite is salsa. And like I said, my mom would play music all the time in the house. And she taught me how to dance salsa. And just having that cultural background, I feel very lucky to have that because it, it makes me feel like I, it's, it's mine, you know, it's my culture and I'm proud of it. And I love learning about it. I'm, I'm learning about it all the time. And I love showing, I love showing it to people and teaching people about my culture. Like, Hey, have you heard this song? And I play them some salsa and I tell them about the history and it's really fun. And I love it. It makes me really happy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's so beautiful. When you were in school, did you have specific like music programs that you can remember that kind of influenced you? Oh, yeah. Um, I grew up in an elementary school. I, I grew up always being part of the school choir. So when I was in, I think it was fourth, no, I started in fifth grade in the the younger kids choir. And then in sixth grade, the director bumped me up to the high school choir. <laughs> wow. And I was only in sixth grade. It was, it was really fun. It was fun. I, I felt a lot, of, a lot of pressure, but it was a good kind of pressure because it pushed me forward to, you know, raise my standards and work harder and just learn more, you know? And also <laughs> when I was in seventh grade, she made me her assistant, director's assistant, or co-director for the for the preschool choir. 
So I was in middle school, elementary school, and I was helping with the elementary school, the, the preschool choir while I was in the high school choir. <laughs> and then when I graduated high school and started my first year of college here in Puerto Rico, when I was in that transition of, you know, just graduated high school, my mom started in the Puerto Rico National Choir. And I had just graduated high school. So I was still, you know, deciding if I wanted to pursue music as a career. And that really pushed me forward because I joined her as well. I also auditioned and I got in. And then the director asked us, my mom and I, to join his other choir, which is like a more select group. So, so we were in two choirs at the same time. It was a really good bonding exercise for us. It was really fun. And obviously it was an amazing experience before starting um, my career at Berkeley. And I, my recommendation letter actually was from the director of wow. the National Choir of Puerto Rico. It was such an honor. I will never forget that experience. And, you know, looking back on my my origins in the music world with my mom. And she was always there because she also helped in the school choir as well. And she, she's always been there for me in that whole journey. Yeah. Oh, good. You have a lot of songs to share with us today, but we're just going to start with the first one, En Mi Viejo San Juan, and it's accompanied by Simon Martinez. Do you want to yeah. say anything about this song? Yeah, I, in the video, I'm wearing a t-shirt with the Puerto Rican flag on it. <laughs> and it's, I re, I wanted to start this with this song because it's like the second national anthem for Puerto Rico. Apart from the national anthem, this song is like a second national anthem. And my friend Simon, he's incredibly talented. He's also a Berkeley student. Um, and I was very lucky to have him accompany me in the song. It's, I really hope, I really hope you all enjoy it.
Wow, that was absolutely incredible. You're <laughs> amazing. The piano was amazing. It's such a beautiful piece. So thank you for starting us off with that. Wow. Thank you. That's <laughs> right. Okay, now I have to focus. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Of course. So this next part of the interview, we're going to be talking about you as a student at Berkeley um, majoring in vocal performance and just about your musical journey. So can you tell us a little bit about what you love um, being a, about being a vocalist? Well, it's <laughs> one thing that I love is that I don't have to carry like a big case for my Instagram, just a little bag with my microphone and cable. <laughs> And then I see all these other instrumentalists carrying like these huge cases with their instruments. It's like, <laughs> no, but seriously, um, being at Berkeley is such a huge honor. It's, it's been incredible. It was a really tough transition because it's my first time living outside of Puerto Rico. Um, my first time in snow, <laughs> seeing snow, being in snow. It was very interesting. And I had taken vocal lessons before from my mom in choir and in the conservatory here in Puerto Rico, um, but it's a completely different experience because here they already expect you to know certain things because in order to, you know, be at Berkeley, you need to have, you know, prepared, you need to have a certain background and education and music, um, obviously for when you audition which was very nerve wracking, you know, but it, it's great because my professor right away, he, he knew my strengths and he knew the things that I needed to work on. So I felt like it was straight to the good stuff, you know, it was yeah. really fun. And I really hope to, you know, this upcoming semester, I'm, I'm in a first year at Berkeley. I'm still, um, you know, I still have a lot a long journey ahead of me so i really hope to have performance opportunities eventually uh i think the next song we're gonna play is with my friend tiago he plays the cello and we formed a musical duo and we met like just five i've only been there for five months and right away you know i already had a musical partner to work with that's another great thing about berkeley you know and being a vocalist is you have the opportunity to go to jam sessions and meet other musicians, meet other singers. It's a really, really amazing experience and opportunity. Wow, yeah, we haven't had anyone else focus on that aspect of it, but I think that's so important. So I'm so glad you brought that to the table. Um, what's something that, from your experience at Berkeley and just being a musician in general, what's something that you think you want to improve on? I really would like to work on my classical techniques so like opera style and i also really enjoy doing musical theater so that also involves dancing and acting and you have to mix all of that in with your singing right and one thing my vocal professor told me was that he would tell me how old are you and i'm like i'm 21 he's like then why are you singing like you're a 40 year old woman you know he would tell me things you know straight up because he would be like, you're darkening your voice. Why are you doing that? Is because my whole life I was, you know, put in the alto section. 
and I was given these certain roles. And now that I'm here at Berkeley, my professor's like opening up my mind and my horizons. He's like, you can hit soprano notes. You can hit certain high notes. You just never tried it because you were put in this box. And that was just mind blowing. And for my final exam, he gave me songs. He gave me a classical song in Italian and one from uh, Jekyll and Hyde, I think the musical. And it had really cool high notes. And uh, during practice, I was like, how did I do that? You know, like working on high notes is scary, but it's something that I needed to do. And I still need to work on it because I also love jazz singing, which is, you know, has a low range, like Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday. They have these low range styles that I always worked on and practiced a lot, but I kind of forgot about the high notes because like I said, I was put in a box. So it's really cool that at Berkeley, my, my professor, he blew my mind and opened up my mind by making me sing high notes. And it's been incredible. So yeah, I would work on those things myself and I'm still going to work on them when I get back. Yeah, interesting. That's such a good point that you make about being put into a box alto soprano or that's yeah, it's cool also, to- you know, being a Latina, it was like, okay, I have to mentally prepare myself for this because I've never been outside of Puerto Rico career wise, you know, I've right. always done things here in my university in the local choir. Um, it's always been here. But now I was like, okay, now I have to mentally prepare myself for this for, you know, they're going to give me the typical spicy Latino roles. They're going to give me the In the Heights songs, the Wet Side Story songs. I love all of those shows. I can play those characters, but I don't want to put it be put into that box. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. That's such a good point. If you could have performed with any artists from anywhere in the world, um, they could be alive, they could be not alive. What are some of the things that you first think of, top of mind? Yeah, I was just going to say, can they be dead? Because <laughs> Judy Garland. Oh, that's such a good one. I love her. She, so I have like top three, top four singers. It's Judy Garland, Ella Fitzgerald, and Barbara Streisand. Absolutely. Those are my top three queens. Ooh, also Natalia Jimenez. Ooh. I can't just pick one. Natalia Jimenez, she is a singer from Spain. She, she's really famous in Mexico. I'm actually going to see her tomorrow live. What? <laughs> she's coming to Puerto Rico. Um, it's like pop rock okay. in Spanish. She, she, those are the CDs that my mom would play in the car. Oh, yeah, we're putting it all back together. It's great. Yeah, those are the CDs my mom would play in the car, and I still have them, and I still sing them. And, oh, I would totally sing with Natalia Jimenez. But mm, Judy, Barbara, Barbara's still alive. (laughs) That's great, though. That gives us also a little taste of your different styles from everyone. So that's really cool. It's really cool, you know, to I was very lucky to grow up with with a mom who showed me all these different musical genres, salsa, jazz, musical theater. And she would also show me the stuff she listened to when she was young in the 80s. So I'm really into, my mom's not a rocker, but she opened up the 80s window. Yeah. And I was like, oh, rock. She doesn't like rock music, but I love it. I'm a huge rocker. Like classic rock, hair metal. It's funny. Like if you put my playlist on shuffle, it'll be like 
Motley Crue and then like Barbara Streisand show tunes and then it goes back to Def Leppard. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so yeah, it's really important to to have um a very diverse taste in music when you're a singer because you never know what you're gonna be asked to sing at a gig. Right, absolutely. So we know that your mom is one of your biggest influences, and so is the singer that you mentioned earlier from Spain. But are there any other influence that you just want to take note of or recognize? Hmm. Um, I grew up also listening to the Bee Gees and Michael Jackson and oh, Elton cool. John. I really liked that style of, you know, pop ballads. Like yeah. Elton John, because you could feel the influence of musical theater, like in his piano, but he would mix it with rock and roll. It's kind of like Queen. Queen is my favorite rock band of all time. Also, like Freddie Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> I have no words. One of the things I love about them is that they mix classical and opera and musical theater with rock. So yeah. I would say that Queen and Freddie Mercury are also really, really big influences for me, artistically and vocally. Yeah. I never even noticed how they both did that. And that's such a difficult thing to do and to do it, the how flawlessly they do it. It's <laughs> mind-blowing. So what are some things that you are good at besides music, like some hobbies or things you do for fun? Um... I'm an artist in many ways. So I also do visual arts. I love drawing and painting. That was actually my, my other option career-wise. When I was in high school, I went to a visual arts school for a year. So I was choosing between visual arts and performing arts for my career. It was gonna be the arts one way or another, yeah. <laughs> but I was in between the two. So I really love painting and, and drawing, just making art. I also love crocheting and knitting. And I play a little bit of guitar, like just rhythm guitar, you know, like enough to accompany myself while singing, like Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> that type of simple <laughs> guitar strumming acoustic music. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I can play on the guitar. Um, what else? I also collect vinyl records. It makes sense. I'm into old music. So cool. Yeah, that's really yeah. Okay. those are like my, my hobbies, the visual arts and yeah, those are my main passions. Wonderful. So all goes together. That's great. Yeah. And now I get to hear another one of your songs. This one is My Funny Valentine, accompanied by your friend Daigo de Silva. Is there anything that you want to say about this one? Yeah, um, that was one of the first songs he and I recorded when we were starting to form our musical duo. And it means a lot to me. That That, that is a very special video. Um, Thiago, if you're watching this, I love you. I miss you. Text me. <laughs> um, he and I, I think we have a, um, next semester we have a recital together. It's going to be our first oh, good. formal performance because we had performed at open mics and we had, so we, we sang at the Boston Common. Wow, okay. That, that, before I left for the summer, 
we went to the Boston Common and we we sang that we he played and I sang. It was really he's one of my best friends. So this means this video, this song means a lot to me. Right. Tribute to him. Let's give it a listen. Yeah. for lessons take note just the vocal agility that you have and the vibrato that you have like I couldn't even think of one thing that I didn't like <laughs> thank you so much you're really sweet um yeah uh, that's one of the things that I like to work on with students um obviously it depends on the level they are if they're beginners that's a little bit more advanced because everyone's vibrato is different and unique you can change your vibrato at will. You know, that is something that you can adapt depending on style. But I learned my vibrato by myself by imitating Judy Garland, imitating my mom. And then eventually I found something that was comfortable for me that didn't feel forced, that was healthy for my voice. You know, those are all things that you work on, that I work on with students when they reach that level. Obviously, we, we start with basic vocal exercises, and once you start singing, I feel like it, it starts itself. You know, when you're singing a song and you feel comfortable in it and you want to add a little, you know, a little flavor to it, this, I've noticed this, yeah, students will automatically themselves start adding vibrato. I'm like, okay, now you're starting to do it. Now I'm going to start teaching you about vibrato techniques because it has to be done in a healthy way or else you could damage your vocal cords. And it it's it always sounds different, but it's just, I love vibrato. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Oh, that's awesome. That's such a good thing to talk about. What is your session, what do sessions look like with students for you? 
Um, like I mentioned, it all depends on the students and their right. level. Like usually, um, if it's a beginner, I will start asking them, you know, if they have done any singing before, if they have any prior experience, what kind of music they listen to, what kind of music they like to sing in the shower, you know, all those things matter. Right. Yeah. You already have in your head this, this concept that you made for yourself based on the things that you've been exposed to. So I asked them all those things. Um, we start with exercises. So you got to like stretch out your neck, stretch out your upper body because the vocal cords are here, but it's all connected. Your, the sinuses, the diaphragm, the way you breathe, all those things are connected. Your posture, you can't be like forcing anything. You have to be relaxed. It's all, your body is your instrument. It's all connected. And those are things that we work on from the very beginning. So I would start with physical exercises and stretching and warm-ups, then the vocal warm-ups. So scales and stuff like that. Um, and then I start, you know, discussing with the, with the student what kind of repertoire they want to work on. Because, you know, in order to learn something and enjoy it, you have to, you know, sing something that you like. So not, you know, no, you're not going to love everything in life. I ha I've had to sing very complicated classical pieces in Italian and in other beautiful languages that I don't understand, but it was very difficult. And you learn to enjoy it. But that's when you're like really advanced. When you're doing, when you're starting off, I really like to make sure that the student likes what they're singing. That ensures that they stay and that they don't quit. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that um, since you have such a wide variety of music that you like and listen to and your students can come to you and say, this is what I like, they'll have an opportunity to learn all kinds of different genres and things. Um, yeah. and that's really important. But do you emphasize to your students which type of genres um, you think would best suit them? Or how do you sort of dial it down? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, once I listen to the student in vocal warm-ups, um, the first few sessions, that's when I, that's when I, you know, I will be taking notes and listening to their, how do you say this in English? El, el color, el tono, the, you know, their tone, the, yeah. their range also matters a lot. And it'd be like, okay, I feel like your voice would fit this genre. Like you have a soft voice. You could do this. You, you have a, a louder, like more potent voice. You could totally do this. You know, I don't want to put anyone in a box, but it's good to start off with something that you feel comfortable with in order to then, you know, expand your horizons and step out of the comfort zone. Um, so if I, I really like starting off with jazz, um, like classic Frank Sinatra, like Fly Me to the Moon, a basic, simple song that is not that complicated and it's still really fun to sing. And, you know, that's an example. I'll start off with stuff like that, and I'll then offer musical theater songs, show tunes. And uh, there's also some pop ballads that are good to work with. It all depends on the student, but I mainly like starting off with jazz. 
if it's an adult. If it's a little kid, maybe I'll give them a little Disney song that has a similar vibe to jazz. But yeah, that's that's usually how I run a class. Yeah, that's really great. What do you do? You do online lessons or in person or a mix of both? Um, I right now I'm in Puerto Rico, but in September I will be going back to Boston to for my next semester at Berkeley. So for September, I will be able to do in-person classes for people in Boston. Um, but preferably I am doing online classes. Okay, do you like doing online better or in person? I like both, honestly. Um, luckily, I, <laughs> when I'm at Berkeley in the practice rooms, the signal is pretty good, so there aren't any cutoffs. Um, but I really enjoy doing online classes because that gives me the opportunity to work with people that are far away. I was a, I was very fortunate to work with a little girl who was um, living in a different state, and it was nice, you know, seeing her mom. Okay, now we're gonna now we're gonna have our singing lesson, and she would sit down in her living room, and it was you know, it was this little girl, and she was so into it. I taught her some Disney princess songs, and she was absolutely killing it, you know. And she was really far away and it was such a lovely experience. And if it weren't for, you know, the internet and online classes, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And she wouldn't have been able to have that experience with me. So I really, really enjoy online classes. Um, luckily, you know, at Berkeley, there's a practice room. So I have a piano and a good internet signal, but it's really important to have the piano with me there. And it's a really lovely experience giving online oh, class. Yeah, nice. You get to connect with everyone from everywhere. That's wonderful. And I think a lot of our instructors do mainly online lessons. So that's a really good thing. We can reach a large crowd of people. And it's also good that you're right in Boston too. So that's great. Thank you. What is some what are some opportunities that you want to give your students beyond music? Well, beyond music, I think, I'm not sure if this counts as beyond music, but one thing that I learned myself and that I always like to show my students is etiquette in the audition room. So, so like slating, you know, so when you walk in the room, you introduce yourself, you don't shake their hand. That is something very important. You don't shake their hand, the director's hand. Um, you give them your resume, your headshots. You wait for them to give you the cue, you slate name and the song you're gonna sing. It, all those things that are so important in an audition. I, I think that's just beyond music, just etiquette. Also etiquette with other performers, other singers and just respect and understanding and balance with, you know, competition, but also collaboration and um, community when working with other artists. It's something really important that that goes beyond, beyond music, that sh it should also be taught when learning music. Yeah, absolutely. What are some things that you would tell your students to inspire them to practice? Ooh. Um, I think something that inspires me all the time is just knowing that 
no matter how far I'll get career-wise and, you know, musical ability-wise, there's always so much more to learn. And if you don't have the motivation to practice and to have an open mind to learn more, you're going to get stuck. You're going to allow yourself to get stuck and you're going to keep yourself in the box. So it's always really important to practice and separate time for that and prioritize your career and your music and also have fun. Because if you're not enjoying it, it's, it's not gonna, people can tell. Like if you go in, to an audition and if you go to a jam session, you can tell when someone's like, you know, I don't like what I'm doing. Like obviously we all have our bad days, but it's really important to make sure you enjoy what you're doing. Definitely. Yeah, the arts are like that. You should be able to enjoy it and be happy doing your art. For sure. I love that that is the lesson that you bring. That is very inspiring. Um, so what do you think teaching music, how do you think teaching music is different from teaching other things if you had to teach something else? Ooh. Teaching music is a very unique experience because the same as beauty, beauty is relative. Music and art can also be relative. So you always need to have that in mind, but there are certain objectives to it, like music theory, which I myself am still learning. It's not, it's like learning a second language. Well, oh, for sure. Good for me. It's, for me it's like learning a third language M music theory um in of itself is a third language so that has its objectives and it has math in it too you know but the performance aspect of teaching music that's not something that you can um summarize or diminish to uh, 100% truth that can't be something that you calculate and write down. You can try to, but it comes from the heart. It's, it's a human experience. And when you are learning music and you are working with different professors and you have gone through different teachers and professors and all that, you see the different ways that people teach and you learn to sometimes not take things personal, take things with a grain of salt, because you have to stay true to yourself. Because learning music and teaching music is, art is a human experience. So they can't tell you that it's wrong. Obviously some things are, you know, some technique is technique. Music theory is music theory but you can't teach that passion. You can't teach um, how to, you know, just feel it when you're performing. That's something that has to come from here. I'm sorry if I'm being cheesy, but you can't teach music coming from here. <laughs> that is such a beautiful response. Wow, thank you for that. So. 
with all of your experience and everything that you've done, what brought you to Lily Theater and brought you to want to be a vocal teacher? Well, I was very lucky to meet Miss Lily, Dar Lily, at Berkeley. She had a table in the main building and she was having signups for one of the open mics. And that's where I met her. And I oh, went. Fun. Yeah, um, I met her. It was really nice. And she told me that she was looking for voice teachers. And I have, you know, like I mentioned in the first part of the interview, I had worked with children before in I had been a co-director for a children's choir. And I've also given uh, singing lessons previously in, in my life. You know, I hadn't done it in a few years, but I know how to do it. And it's it's something that you can't forget. It's It stays with you. And I always loved it, but I had never gotten the opportunity to do it again. So when she offered me that, I was like, of course, you know? <laughs> And she was really nice. She She's amazing. And I'm really happy to be working with Lily Theater Company. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I've also met, I've met you. I met so many other amazing artists from, from Lily Theater Company. So many other vocalists, instrumentalists. And, you know, it, it opens up windows. Thanks to her, actually, I think I'm going to, I'm, I, I'm going to be in a band next semester. Wow. Yeah. She sent me, hey, this other member of our of our faculty, he, he's looking for a vocalist for his band. And I was like, I'm a vocalist. I would love to be in a rock band. <laughs> and yeah, you love rock. That's perfect. You know, it opens up opportunities and it's also a really amazing experience. And Miss Lee is super supportive to, to me all the time. So I'm really thankful. Oh, definitely. And you're such a big part of what we do. And um, we're so glad to have you too. Thank you. What do you think is your greatest accomplishment so far? Berkeley. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Being accepted to Berkeley. I just, that transition went from having, I was already in, ha, had been doing two years of drama here in the University of Puerto Rico. So I, I had already done two years of college but I knew it was temporary because I love drama, but I really wanted to focus on vocal performance. And I auditioned for another university in New York for musical theater, and I had gone to their, um, their summer intensive, which I was very lucky to have that. It was an incredible experience. It was the first time, my first time going to New York. Um, and I had also done you know, musical theater here in Puerto Rico, but that transition between, you know, finally choosing what I wanted. I had done those two years. I was like in between New York. Then I heard about Berkeley. Like I had heard about it, but I started doing the research and just the fact that I got accepted to a college for musical theater in New York and Berkeley. And I had to choose between those two. Like... <laughs> I got accepted to my plan A and B, and I was just choosing between both of them. And I'm glad I chose Berkeley because while it was hard to adapt, you know, it, it felt like home in a way. Yeah. It was, it's amazing. That's one of the biggest accomplishments so far in my young life. I'm only 21. There's, I have a lot ahead of me. I know. So far, that's a big accomplishment. 
Look at all you've done, and there's so much more to come. You have like four lifetimes in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so exciting and scary, but exciting. (laughs) Are there any um, parting words that you want to say to anyone interested in booking lessons or just anyone watching? Yeah, um, thank you all for watching. Um, If you are interested in lessons with me, um, please go to the Lily Theatre Company website, send an email, check our bookings page, Um, And I would be very excited and very happy to meet you and teach you about the wonderful world of the voice. Yes. Thank you so much. And again, anyone looking for lessons, check out our website, check out our blog, check out all of our social medias, um, Facebook, Instagram, all those places. And thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Joan, so much. Thank you for having me.